Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going pretty good, Shay. Happy to be here as always. I'm really loving the season so far. Love Broken Moon. I think Catalyst is a lot of fun. So it's a good time to be podcasting about Apex. It is a great season. I think the the moon map is fantastic, and uh, I think we're off to a, a killer start, to say the least. I'm really excited to see how uh, people's opinions of the map and legend change as time kind of continues to go on. It's always interesting to get the first impressions versus the, you know, hey, we're two months in, where are we at? So I'm really looking forward to the future of Apex right now. Uh, we got a fun episode, though, today. Today we are mastering Catalyst, going deep into the latest legend to enter the games. But before we do that, we'll call to action. If you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd also like to, drop us a follow on Twitter, at Kirk and at HP Burson. Links for those are in the description, as always. Next week, we'll be finalizing the details over our third-party Invitational 5. Really Ooh. excited about it. Might have a holiday theme, might have a fun theme, might have something creative this time around. So stay tuned for information on that. Last time, signups filled up fast, like one or two days. We had the whole 60-person lobby full. So if you want to participate, don't miss out. Join the Discord. Reach out if you have any questions on how you can sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely don't miss out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And once we start, uh, if we get really high in demand, Henry, we might have to start doing like two lobbies or something. We're doing a multi-day event. We're still pretty far from that, I think. Yeah. But uh, if the demand increases, there's plans to make sure everyone still gets access eventually. Um, I would love to have the problem of too many people wanting to play and just begging to get in. So I look forward to that day. <laughs> it's a possibility. We are far from that. Like, even though the 60 fills up pretty quick, I don't think we could flex to 120 uh, at this point, but I'm ready to be surprised. So like if we get a wait list of people that Mm -hmm. are up into like 30, 40 plus, then we can totally uh, expand. So it's all really up to the listeners. Yeah, as always. With that, though, let's dive into the main topic of the day, mastering the legends. Henry, drop people a brief reminder on what kind of this Mastering the Legends episode is. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I'd love to still hear the high-level blurb. Yeah, it's one of the things that we kind of built the third-party podcast on, one of our notable reoccurring segments. Um, I I think that it's a lot of fun. Whenever a new legend comes out, we take about two weeks plus a little extra uh, in terms of what we've gotten early access to or mm-hmm. more playtime with to really break down how to make the most of a legend's abilities and play style. Mm-hmm. And it's a ton of fun because we get to really, like you said, dive deep into this legend, talk about them in depth. And overall, it just allows us to get the best grasp on legends that we possibly can. Um, with that, though, let's kind of get into the the intro of Catalyst. We're going to talk about her backstory a little bit, some lore. Uh, so Catalyst's real name is Tressa Crystal Smith, uh, whose tagline, and I don't know if tagline's actually the right 
uh, word as of now. I feel like I've heard different developers say different things for this, but that's what we're rocking with. She's known as the Defensive Conjurer, and she's 29 years old. I'm going to dive into kind of the lore blurb on Tressa. So Tressa Crystal Smith isn't everyone's cup of tea, an elegant, standoffish woman. She likes crystals more than she likes most people. She grew up on Boreas, a faltering planet with a deteriorating moon. Conformity and efficiency were necessities there, but that never suited Tressa. Instead, she was more at home with fellow misfits who spent their time on crystal readings, moon rituals, and personal witchery. They supported her through her self-discovery and transition, making her turbulent teenage years easier and less lonely. But when her closest friend went to extreme lengths to save their moon from corporate encroachment, Tressa was caught in the middle of in the middle. Ultimately, she ran away from home, finding solace in the one place her friends cared about most, their moon, Cleo. There she joined the terraforming crews, hired to repair and rejuvenate the celestial body. She learned to work with ferrofluid and use it with certainty, with certain witchy flair. She grew attached to her new community, and then, when the heat of Boreas died down, brought some of her old friends back into the fold. She found a place to call her own, just in time for the Apex game to arrive and sweep it out from under her new family. The catalyst won't disappear so easily. If the games are going to get in her way, she's going to turn them to her advantage, putting the prize money to use supporting her family. She sees a win in her future, and she'll rise to the occasion. I got to keep it 100% honest with you. I was feeling so good about that reading that I was doing that after I was wrapping up that first paragraph, all I could think about was that I hadn't messed up yet. Immediately stumbled over words in two sentences in a row. Dang, so, man. Podcast man. listeners, we try. I thought it was we, great. We, we're just like, we're not Z-level readers anymore. Like, no. our time has passed. And it is what I it is. I don't know if we were ever. I don't know if we ever reached that. I mean, yeah, we both have like funny speech things on top of it. Yeah. But reading, big weakness. Yeah. Big, S's, big gap. Mumbles. Oh. Yeah. All Spelling. the fun stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, neither of us can spell. Yeah. That's, that's if you want to be a podcaster, you can probably do it because <laughs> we, we're coming from behind. We do not have a lot of the fundamentals down. Yeah. Uh, even now, like, we're coming up on almost three years, so right. it's it's crazy. Yeah, we haven't it's, learned. We haven't how but, to read. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it keeps things somewhat entertaining, so people can laugh at us. Well, let's talk about her lore because I think yeah. you know, with the more official description coming, we've learned more than what we kind of were given in the early access information and such. What's some of the standout information here that I think, or at least you think, brings more to her character potentially? I think we still have it extremely clear what her motivations are. Yeah. You know, like protecting the moon, protecting its people. I'm all for it. Sometimes with this lore, with the new legend that comes in, we miss the most important piece of information. Mm-hmm. How did they get into the games? Yeah. And it seems like that background is so different, legend to legend, mm-hmm. and the catalyst. We just don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think we have a re- like. Was she in the arenas? Probably not. Did she get a card? Probably not. Was this a promotion? Now that we're on the moon, and she's like, you know, the a local representative. Yeah, yeah. Like, is she a local hero already? It doesn't really seem that way. So that's kind of what sticks out to me. I don't yeah. know that maybe that's uh, a little negative, but I feel like that's our biggest question. Like, how did they get into the games? And then why are they in the games? Um, and we understand why, but how? 
We yeah, don't know. still a little iffy. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I, I thought outside of that, the one kind of piece of information I thought was interesting was the uh, brought some of her old friends back into the fold kind of thing. Because I, I missed that at least the first time around, but I thought that was really interesting. Because one that shows that like this collective group of women that we saw in the trailer that was kind of like the Moon Team, Team Moon, is still kind of all back together now, living together as family. Um, and potentially even her friend that, you know, like they're saying went a little too far, set the bomb. She might still be back in the fold too, alive. And we weren't even sure if she lived or died from that explosion. So I think this maybe leans that she is still there and she's kind of back, maybe on not as great terms, but just little interesting things. Overall, she's got a cool story. I love to know why she's in the games and uh, yeah, but I think she's got some good lore. And the defensive conjurer is just a great great line (laughs) super cool but i think going into her abilities we're going to go kind of passive tactical ultimate kick things off with the passive um breakdown of what it is so name of the passive is barricade what it does is catalysts can reinforce doors strengthening them and locking them to enemies spaces where Doors have been destroyed can also be reinforced. So if you have a door that's broken down, mm-hmm. catalysts can rebuild that door. Super cool. General information. To activate, you hold the interaction button for half a second. So it's a hold, reinforce existing doors, or build new ferrofluid barriers. You can do this on two doorways at once. When you exceed that amount, first one is destroyed. When you reinforce doors, it takes four melee hits to destroy it. Pharaoh barriers take two melee hits to destroy, and then the regular door has to be broken down via melee. Mm -hmm. Doors can still be operated by Catalyst and her teammates, which I think is a really cool kind of thing that you're not going to be trapping your teammates, which Mm -hmm. is always kind of a concern when you bring in defensive legends. Caustic. Big time. Um, but the Pharaoh barrier can be broken by Catalyst and her teammates by pressing the interaction key. Uh, Catalyst will need to rebuild the Pharaoh barrier if needed. And then abilities and grenades still damage doors, Pharaoh barriers as normal. Um, I just, there's a lot of tips and strategy that I'll let mm-hmm. you get into, but this is the only defensive passive in the game yeah very super cool Mm -hmm. and when you think about how important door play and breaking doors and guarding doors is catalyst is in a really unique position to add a lot of value to the game even defensive legends like watson you can break a door that's really unfortunate like doors are more valuable than most defensive like emplacements Mm -hmm. and the fact that catalyst can rebuild or barricade them Super, super cool. So I, yeah. I really like this ability, but I'll let you dive into how to maximize it. Yeah, I'm, I'll share some tips. Uh, before I share tips, I will also just throw in that. And this kind of rings true for all her abilities, so I think we'll we'll talk about this more in depth. But such great VFX and UI on this one. Like These doors look awesome when they are reinforced. And I think that's just a really cool thing that makes playing a legend more fun. Uh, but in terms of tips... Like you said, it's a defensive passive, and that's what it comes down to. Defense. Defense. You know, you maximize this ability by 
always using it. And you generally use it on the defense. It's when you're holding up a building in the end game, you want to have two of these barriers set out. There's no negative to having a doorway reinforced. The only thing that it's going to do is help you or your teammates uh, in a fight. So I think being proactive in the setup is key, but also realizing that mid-fight, it is so fast. Half a second to interact and set up this doorway defense is incredible. So whether it's you're trying to get a heal off or just kind of take advantage of the extra security, pause a little reset. We do a lot of fighting and uh, promenade right now, and there's always these two double door entryways between the outside and the interior. And I can't tell you how many times it's like, okay, we're running away from a team. We run inside. Okay, now I'm just going to throw reinforcement up real quick on both these doors. All of a sudden, the full team can reset and get a bat off. The difference between two kicks and four is truly the time of a battery. And that's huge. So make sure you're always using this. And when you're on the back foot, especially finding a door can be your kind of saving grace as a catalyst player. Um, other tips though, kind of be aware of that maximum two doorways at once. You know, if you accidentally dissolve, I'm using the word dissolve, that's nowhere official, uh, but dissolve the barricade of another door. And, you know, if you accidentally leave a teammate vulnerable, that could be a death sentence. You know, if they're playing right on another door and you just say, okay, I'm going to you know, set up this one and there's enemies on that teammate, that's going to put them in a tough spot. So very niche thing, but I threw it in there because it happened to me and I felt really bad. So being aware kind of of that max number is a very important point. Um, also kind of important, two-door doorway can be half reinforced and half pharaoh barricade if one of those double doors has been destroyed and that will count as one doorway even though it's a different type of reinforcement which i think is a really cool really note good note. That, yeah that the developers were able to to make um you kind of said it in kind of that general information and interaction but yeah being aware of grenades and abilities especially rampart of anyone else uh is going to be very key for playing strong as a catalyst player there's extra security with you know having a door reinforced but it is not an unbeatable defense you know a rampart will gun you down a grenade will destroy that door and no problem generally speaking if a grenade's on your door and it gets destroyed immediately it's half a second throw up that feral barricade again make them use multiple grenades or pause and spend uh, multiple seconds kind of like shooting down getting their nades out kicking doors down your ability to pause fights is absolutely massive and then kind of the last piece of advice, when placing your barricades, it's important to note you you are giving away your element of surprise. And in a similar, to, similar way to Watson, activating your abilities is essentially putting out a flare signal, letting everyone know like, hey, it's Catalyst player here. Like, if you want to come attack us, you can. Like, we're sitting here, we're hunkered down. Um, and we always talk about that as being, you know, a good and a bad thing. It can push people away from you. And we don't really know the impacts of that, of people not wanting to come fight you, which allows you to place higher, climb ranks, and get to end games in a more effective way. But we've also experienced with Watson in particular. And so I'm curious if Catalyst is going to fit into this category of people, you know, seeing the defensive setup and saying, sweet teams in a building, let's go attack them. And I think having that we'll kind of learn more it's still early to see how people play her at like high level specifically but just kind of an interesting note and something to be aware of when you are setting up there's no being sneaky once you got black pharaoh fluid over all the doors 
But that kind of wraps up the tips for the passive. I think just taking advantage of the speed of the interaction is kind of the key takeaway. If you're going to take anything away from this podcast today, uh, that's number one for me. Yeah. And you know, we're looking at the passive by itself. I think you can maximize it by coupling it with the yes, other abilities. Totally. But on its own, pretty dang good. Like mm-hmm. you can use it to further hunker down with other defensive legends or get away, I think is kind of the main use cases. I play a lot of Rampart, so watch out for me. But thankfully, <laughs> I'm the only one. Yeah, like, you Rampart are. Rampart is very, very rare. And so even though her ultimate is such an incredible counter to this passive, that's an ultimate to a passive. Mm-hmm. Other legends to look out for, Fuse and Maggie, but those are also extremely rare, unpopular yeah. legends. So for 95% of the roster, this is a really strategic powerful defensive passive that like i said it's the only one and it can really Mm -hmm. throw people off so it's mostly powerful love it like yeah it's mostly grenade and uh, the horizon horizon also if people are willing to go that far with the ultimate just for a door which 10 i think they are generally speaking from horizons are insane they go they'll do anything (laughs) yeah they'll do anything with the black hole let's talk tactical though (laughs) Name the tactical piercing spikes. Throw a patch of ferrofluid, which turns into spikes when enemies are near. Catalyst remains immune to enemy spikes. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of similarities here with Caustic's relationship with gas and Catalyst's relationship with ferrofluid mm-hmm. across the board. But for this tactical, she has two charges and a cooldown of 24 seconds. General information. You create a 2 meter by 11 meter patch perpendicular to the point of view. When an enemy walks over it, it slows them and deals 15 damage every second. This is a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot Compared of Compared to a caustic like, trap. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. I mean, it's pretty difficult to actually get people to stay in mm-hmm. these traps, but there's a reason you don't want to stay in these <laughs> traps. Um, you can create a maximum of three of these tacticals. So you have two charges, but you can use three of them. Catalyst can pick up their patch to regain a charge so long as the patch hasn't been activated or damaged. Holding tactical button delays the launch. Melee cancels the launch. I have a lot of control over how this gets deployed. Now the throw distance here is what I think makes this ability stand apart. You can deploy this up to 30 meters away. Um, when launched horizontally. So the trajectory can be increased by aiming higher, um, increase the distance to over 70 meters um, if the target area uh, is at the same level of catalyst. So there's a lot of variability, mm-hmm. but really you're you're throwing this out like a smoke launcher. You know, yeah. this can go a pretty far range. Um, in the middle of the patch is a glowing orb with 300 hit points that appears when enemies get close. Destroying this dissipates the patch. So that's kind of the counter. Um, the orb also takes double damage from all sources. Be destroyed by punching the orb one time as well. Um, you know, again, comparing this to like a, a caustic barrel, mm-hmm. way harder to destroy, you know, than shooting the bottom of a barrel or just, you know, putting a whole clip into the whole thing. Have to be a lot more specific with your shots and you have to do more damage to destroy these um 
patches last until they're destroyed, either by the catalyst who created them, uh, with the utility action button, or enemies by shooting the orb in the middle of the patch. Patch can travel under closed doors, and spikes will start moving when enemy players get within 10 meters from the center. The biggest shock to us, which I'm kind of embarrassed by, <laughs> is we didn't think these were going to be permanent defensive yeah. emplacements. We thought this was a real flex between an offensive engagement tactical and a defensive kind of campy ability. Um, but we were wrong in yeah. that it would deteriorate or be destroyed over time alone. Um, very much defensive, but the fact that you can throw them and they do so much damage, really mm -hmm. interesting. So I'm excited to get into the tips. Yeah, before we get into the tips, though, we're going to take a quick little ad break. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's do it. Let's talk tips on the Catalyst Tactical. Um, yeah, I think we kind of talked about it briefly, but it, it truly is a very effective defensive tool. And you mentioned that we can use it in two ways. You can double down on an entryway and make a really defensible position with the passive, or it can even hold an entry all on its own. If I'm being totally honest with the caveat of like, you know, if a doorway is destroyed and you have the tactical down, people will be hesitant to walk through, but they'll be able to obviously see through and shoot. So coupled with the passive can create one very, very strong defense, but you could also with your three patches and two doorways, in theory, hold five points of entry to an area, which is, I think, pretty impressive for a character, especially when you we talk about this caustic comparison a lot, but that is how she kind of seems to compare for the most part. Um, in terms of other tips, though, placement is going to be key with this, and not just talking about like defense versus offense, but when it's getting really specific and grainy with things, you don't want to place the tactical in the center of the doorway, which is what I see a lot of people doing. You want the orb, essentially the center of the spike, to be next to the door on the left or the right, so that when someone you know comes in and enters, if you're using it as like a defensive tool on its own, the orb will pop up, but it's not in line of sight, so it's hard to see and hard to destroy. A very sim in a very similar fashion to kind of how we talk about a Watson node being placed and you want to keep it out of line of sight as best as possible and got to really realize how long this, you know, 11 meters long, you really can do this on a doorway. This thing covers probably about like three doorways if they were all side by side. So you can get away with this and not risk like, oh, they're actually going to be able to enter in a different fashion and avoid this ferro fluid because I placed it in a weird way. Um, but that's not really the case. In terms of aggressive placement, if you're on a door fight with someone and they're camping a door, if you turn and look perpendicular to the door and then place your spike straight down under you, this is going to extend under the doorway. As we mentioned, it goes through doorways, extend into the enemy, and I think is just an easy, easy to win fight situation. You think about the stun of a Watson fence if someone gets caught in it in a doorway. Like it, it works like that to an extent. All of a sudden, they're taking extra damage. They're slowed. They're never really expecting this, especially early on uh, with this legend. And so, this is something if you find yourself in door fights, I would definitely try and maximize that tip. But that placement, you got to remember, it's always going to go perpendicular to where it was thrown. So, you have to turn your body and place it in order to do this effectively. Um, 
I think with practice, this tool can be a dangerous mid-fight combat tool, not just defensive. Um, when fighting inside, it can feel very oppressive to block off an area from an enemy coming towards you. Or what we've found in certain fights, especially on Broken Moon, where you have so many of these kind of tunnel buildings, is that if you throw these behind somebody, all of a sudden they're trapped in and you're isolating fights Teammates don't want to jump over the ferro fluid. They don't want to walk through it. And all of a sudden, you got a much more isolated engagement that can lead to an easy win. So yeah, making sure you're throwing these out, especially when you're fighting indoors, is key. In terms of in the open, it, it's not as effective. It's more effective than a caustic trap because of that range Henry mentioned earlier of 30 meters horizontally and then you know 70 if you're Kobe in it and lobbing it as far as humanly possible. Um, but it's just not as effective because in the grand scheme of things, when you're outside, it doesn't take up as much space. Um, but still, it can be used effectively to you know move somebody out of a cover if they're kind of healing or getting a res off. You can really, if you aim this thing well, I think cause some disruption to people behind cover in a way that we talk about using Balk's tactical uh, as well. I think the core component is people don't want to stay in the ferrofluid. And so maximizing that as much as possible is huge. Um, yeah, but mm, last tip, I guess, overall is just she's a defensive legend. Be proactive with her. Get three of these things out as soon as you can if you're going to hold up a building. And in combo with that passive, you're going to set up a very strong defensive area, pretty unlike anything else that I think we've seen from a defensive legend where it's not a trap. You're showing that you're here. You're giving noise cues to enemies when they get close, but it's intimidating enough where for the most part, at least right now, people don't really want to engage with you if you really have an area locked down. So uh, she's surprised me personally with how effective the tactical passive combo has been defensively. Uh, and so I think you can really continue to play her that way right now. Yeah, in terms of just being able to hunker down the building, having both the defensive, passive, and tactical pretty much makes her S tier on the inside. Like, if you can counter grenades with a Watson, you're pretty much bombproof, uh, literally, with yeah. this legend. Um, you know, I think I agree with you that I was surprised by the effectiveness of the tactical. You know, the closest thing you compare it to is a caustic barrel that you can fire. Like a smoke canister. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a little bit different than a gas trap, though, because it's hard to destroy, but because it's not as motion activated and it's going to disperse gas, mm -hmm. I see a lot of players just walk around it. You know, yeah. like they're not even going to try to destroy it. Um, so in terms of like zoning enemies, they can be pretty good. But like you said, I think you you said it well. Like. It can be used sometimes. If they're mm -hmm. behind cover, you might be able to push them off and scare them with this. But I would by no means say this is like a damage dealing ability that yeah. is going to instigate a fight. It's even though it's pretty big, it's still too precise and it doesn't do damage or blind like gas does. So it's more so a deterrent. Which yeah. I think it's cool. A defensive legend that can flex a little bit offense with a tactical. I love that. Yeah, it, it, she's definitely really cool and, and quite unique for that flexibility, as you just mentioned. And yeah, I think she's got a high skill cap, honestly, because of this, because of that tactical and that you have to realize what buildings, what entryways can I get the most out of this ability? So like you said, people don't just walk around it, which, yeah, that's what you see a lot of people do. That's what I do playing against her right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
Let's get into the big one, Do the it. ultimate. I think this is where things get decided. <laughs> Name of the ultimate is the Dark Veil. Raises a permeable wall of ferrofluid. Enemies who walk through it will be slowed and partially blinded for a brief time. Cooldown 120 seconds. General information and facts. With the ultimate, you again create a permeable wall that is 55 meters in length and 8 meters in height in line of Catalyst reticle. It takes one second before the first veil section rises and takes an additional three seconds maximum to build the complete wall, kind of in a linear fashion. Mm -hmm. The dark veil lasts for 30 seconds. Enemies that try to cross through the wall will be slowed by 15% and blinded for seven seconds. This does not block bullets, ordinances, or abilities. Catalyst is immune to the blind effect and slow the veil regardless of who created it. So enemy, your own, doesn't matter. Now, when we talk about anti-scan of this mm -hmm. uh, ultimate, it was pitched as the anti-scan ability. As of now, doesn't fully do so. The seer ultimate can be used through the dark veil. The seer passive can also be used, but his tactical does not work. Bloodhound's tactical scan also does not work through this wall. It's so interesting. That being said, you know, <laughs> It's an interesting ability. Um, I'm really excited to get your thoughts on it because our initial response was so back and forth over, is this something that you can cross or not? Yeah. You know, you can shoot through it. You can see through it with the Seer Ultimate. Those are pretty big things. Is this defensive? Is this an isolation ability? Can you use it offensively? Big questions around how to really maximize and master this ultimate. Yeah, I, I think to hit some of those high points, at least early, and when we're talking about like tips and how to use it, I think as of now, and generally speaking, how I think this ability will operate is it is a strong deterrent. You do not want to pass through it as an enemy. And so while it is not a true wall, it acts as a wall. I know we had like one rough game where someone kind of just walked right through it and killed us, but we then tried to do it multiple times after the fact and got ourselves destroyed uh, multiple times. So I think even for very talented players, this is a serious blinding for seven seconds that can really, really hurt how you play. So I think you can act as, as a wall uh, unless a seer ultimate goes down. Truly, if a seer ultimate goes down, you've got to now imagine that this ability isn't here. And in fact, I would even say if you're not playing with a seer and a seer ultimate goes down on the enemy side of things, you need to you know, get back inside or get to cover because you are at now a massive disadvantage. I'm still fascinated to see if that's how this ability was meant to work. Obviously, in the trailer, it was showed off that it blocks the Seer Ultimate. When Henry and I got early access to the press event, it was pitched as this ability that blocks Seer Ultimates and all forms of recon outside of crypto. So I'm curious where it's going to end up. But we, like you've said to me behind the scenes, we've kind of been misled in this way before uh with legend abilities so i think we have to accept that this is how it is we don't see any developers talking about it on twitter like hey this is a fix we have to make there's not even really an outcry from the community on it either um i think everyone's getting so used to see her that it's uh just kind of the way of life at this point but it's an interesting note to to take into account as well because you really do have to back off if you're playing against this year yeah i 
I think that it's so weird how our early impressions were because we had conversations with developers that were more so like, oh, you can try to get over this wall with like a horizon tactical. Yeah. Like, but you're you're probably not going to go around it because it's so big and you, you don't want to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really how it works yeah. in practice. Yeah. You're probably not going to be doing that. I haven't seen many people go over it, that's for sure. And that's the crux of how you use this. It's visual cover. You know, it isn't this 100% foolproof wall. It's visual uh, deterrent. And it acts as a really strong tool per, to provide visual cover to me in the same way Bangalore smokes do. It's like take a Bangalore smoke and crank it to the 11th power. Um, with that, you can use it to rotate. We've used it to rotate a ton. If you got a team kind of looking at you from a certain angle and need to go from building to building, area to area, this can almost act as a movement legend in those mid to late games in terms of how you're going to get around the map. And that is really interesting. That's how big the wall is. And I think that's maybe something that has slept on early. Um, but within that same vein, it's a very good zoning tool to block off enemy teams. So if you're being third partied and you haven't fully finished a fight and you know you're going to need a few extra seconds, if you throw up this wall, oof, all of a sudden you have this huge deterioration against your enemy that they're going to need to you know operate around of like you said maybe go over if they have a horizon but just overall give you the pause and time to maybe reassess a fight and make something that was like three four teams coming at you at once a bit more isolated and force some people into each other um i also think we've been trying to use it a ton and have had some serious success doing it where if we're you know Two teams coming at each other. We got a catalyst and we see somebody is set off to the side from the rest of the team just from the nature of how this ability is deployed. Activating it, sending it, trying to cut off one enemy from the rest of your team and create an easy three-on-one first knock, huge win. And I think that's a great way to lead with her ability if we are trying to use it aggressively. Um, I think mid-fight, you know, you can pop a veil down if you're on the defense or attacking a building and kind of dance between it. Obviously, you're immune as catalyst and, you know, peeking from awkward angles because of this veil is a very effective tool. When you throw one of these down inside, outside, all of a sudden, your enemy has to scan back and forth this entire thing. They have no idea where you're poking out from and that's going to really allow you to hopefully get first shots on people. And I think that's that's quite key to having some success with this ultimate. Um, and with that comes placement. Placement being another huge aspect of how you use this. Like it is whether to rotate, blocking off enemies line of sight. How you use it is a little odd from what wall abilities we're used to are in video games from the fact that you can only deploy the dark veil from directly in front of you means that naturally this ability points towards your enemies. So you kind of need to reposition yourself and kind of retreat to use this defensively uh, using kind of that promenade double door example. Uh, Once again, it's like, okay, if I'm on the other side of this, I'm looking at this team, I need to move to the corner and change my angle so I can lay down a wall that actually acts as a wall that separates two teams. And that's just kind of an interesting note you have to take count of. The angles are quite interesting. And so, yeah, if you if you like your geometry and triangles, you might really like Catalyst uh, because of that. But naturally as well, with it being facing forward towards the enemies, it naturally kind of works towards using it offensively and anticipating enemy movement. And you got to know that there is that time frame. So, you know, three seconds to build the full wall so 
you have to place it where if a wall starts to go up, the enemy won't be able to within three seconds just run back to be with the rest of the team if you're trying to use it to split them off. Um, those are kind of the high-level tips. I don't know. I, I've been playing her a ton, so I'm talking a lot about placement and stuff. Do you have any tips for playing with a catalyst and how to play off the abilities outside of being Seer, which is kind of the obvious way to play around yeah. her? Seer is such a good combo with yeah. this ultimate. Um, the duration, being 30 seconds, I yeah. think is key to just highlight again. You know, you said that this is a, a great visual cover ability. It's the best visual cover ability we've had. Yeah. Um, and even though it can definitely be used defensively, inside, in a choke point, mm-hmm. whatever, to kind of block off a team, I think the ceiling of actually mastering Catalyst is how you can use this ultimate offensively with your team. Mm-hmm. So just like you would use Bangalore Smoke as visual cover to close the gap, using this ultimate, because you're sending it out straight in front of you as visual cover that your team can kind of serpentine, go back and forth in between this and in a regular pattern, mm-hmm. that's really cool. you know. And it's effective, it works, and the fact that you can't be scanned through it, there is no digi threat through it, it's just so much better than smoke. Like it's actually a proper visual cover that can't be countered as easily um, unless there is a serial. But yeah, yeah. don't worry about that because <laughs> you know if you're able to be offensive with it, get the first knock, yeah. isolate someone. It doesn't matter if they can see you. Yeah. You know, like it's a wrap. It's crazy. It's a really good visual cover. So however you like to use visual cover in Apex, that's how you should use this. Get a res off. Can do so with this ability. All like. Right. You got a full kind of repertoire and it's very versatile because of that. And I think it's, I'll say better than I think you and I were expecting, uh, at least from kind of early inclinations. And I think she's overall better than I was expecting, which is pretty cool. Um, We'll talk about her. We're kind of do conclusion. Those are the general ability tips. Two other things I just want to throw in here as just other tips is, you know, color hue. Your friendly is blue. Your enemies has a red hue. Except you can't really tell on the passive, the barricaded doors, there's not really a strong hue leading in either direction. So kind of an interesting note there that you need to take part of. Um, And also, I've been experiencing weird interactions with teammates. Like Throwing her tactical is very difficult if your teammates are on doors or in front of you. You will easily just like throw it off their back and then it lands on the ground. And yes, you can pick it back up and then re-throw it. But those split seconds of you know mess ups are key to winning and losing fights. So realizing that having clear line of sight is really important when using her abilities um, to not have them interrupted is key. Even with the dark veil, like through a dark veil where a Newcastle tactical shield was, and all of a sudden the dark veil stopped and elevated yeah. weird, and it was cut short by like twenty meters, and that's a big difference. So. Realizing that you kind of need to assess the battlefield and where your teammates are is going to be key for kind of maximizing it. Because if you throw it off a enemy, no problem. It's going to drop and land at their feet. You can do that all day. That's great. Um, but yeah, with teammates, it's, it's a little bit more frustrating. Henry's heard me rage a few times early on when I was getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I know that with Rampart's tactical, they fixed this issue completely Yeah, uh, pretty recently over the mm-hmm. last like two seasons. Um, so I'm hoping that with the tactical Catalyst's placement with teammates in the same space or area, 
will be adjusted. I think being pretty vigilant in how you're placing the ultimate, I think, is probably going to be important for the long haul, um, just given how intense the ability is visually. Um, but I'm very confident that cleaning up that tactical interaction will hopefully be quick. Yeah, agreed. Let's talk team comps. Um and this is kind of a weird thing because she's a defensive legend, but like we've been talking about, has some versatility and her abilities. So she has the function to play in multiple different team constructs, which is quite fun. Um, and, and I say that to know that, to bring home the point of we're going to share two team comps, but she's generally pretty versatile uh, and can fit into a lot of things. But we have two, like I said, we're going to share. The first being team double walls. And we're starting with the catalyst seer combo. And honestly, I think if you're going to take anything away from the show, play seer with catalyst because that combo together is, in my opinion, pretty oppressive, honestly. When you roll up on another team, throw down your ultimates together, and all of a sudden you have this clear, huge, uh, dark veil up and can see where everyone is on the other side and get free shots. Yeah, absolutely huge. So that combo right now, absolutely maximize that. But for Team Double Walls, it's called Team Double Walls because we add a Newcastle or Rampart to it. This is a very strong, reactive team. Um, simple formula. Dark Veil goes down, whether it's defensive or offensive. And you know the enemies are either going to go around, or even if they come through, by the time they come through, there's a Newcastle wall down or Rampart amped walls amped covered down. And you all of a sudden kind of have these two barriers to play off of two lines of defenses and can catch some people by serious surprise. You know, they're thinking about, okay, I got to push through this dark veil. Uh, how do I figure out the stun or the, the I guess, I want to call it flash, but the, the lack of vision and yeah, anti flash. Anti flash. I pushed through, okay, I figured out my anti flash. Oh, wait, now I have to figure out amped walls or a newcastle wall it's it's very very strong and quite reactive we've been able to seriously survive some third parties with this combo in in a very cool way and you just throw seer into the mix yeah then it's just the full team has all the information possible with Mm -hmm. that ultimate obviously this is you you gotta be in sync you're right like Mm-hmm. And the timing of this is hard because you are trying to lay down three ultimates at the same time. Mm-hmm. Pretty rare to do that. Obviously, that's going to be powerful. Um, but this three works really, really well together. Yeah. So, recommend it. Agreed. And, and just even with the tacticals and everything, they still do work together just generally mm-hmm. outside of the game, even with, without just the ults. So, it's a good combo for sure. Uh, team defense is kind of the next one. And we say team defense, that just means we're adding another kind of hold the building legend uh with catalyst and you know are you going building the building kind of trying to play for that placement Catalyst is great on her own she still lacks some stuff in terms of holding down a legend or holding down an ability a building i know how to speak um and my favorite defensive pair is watson with this legend and my favorite defensive pair with any defensive legends watson because nobody else gives you the anti-grenade which is just so huge for her especially for catalyst um being able to kind of you're playing in double door areas hold down extra barriers so caustic also got to throw it in there two very kind of like reactive legends you know who wants to push through a door when you got a spike and the trap down like that's that's going to be tough and so with those kind of defensive legends we talk about adding an aggressive legend to the mix um i say aggressive and normally this means movement but i wanted to throw the caveat in that 
on Broken Moon, we've been really feeling like you haven't needed a movement legend to rotate your defensive legends because of the zip rails. And that Catalyst Ultimate can really be used as a rotational tool. So you kind of have some options. But if you're not playing on Broken Moon, I might be more willing to throw in that Ash, that Octane, Valk, somebody who can rotate the team. Uh, but if you're if you're on Broken Moon specifically, I mean, you can get aggressive with Seer still. You can get aggressive with a Fuse, a Rampart, uh, anyone that kind of deals out damage. Maggie can also be be very nice. So that's a fun little combo. I, I think I lean team double walls as of now, though. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, general rules, Bloodhound Catalyst doesn't really yeah. mix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one that I think we've discovered is not a good combo. Mm-hmm. But defense wins championships. <laughs> and Catalyst is a defensive legend. You can throw her onto any team for the most part. Yeah. Um, just because in a BR, defense is pretty versatile. Early game, you know, drawing out fights, protecting your space, late game, owning the ring, having the best positioning, really powerful. So I think Catalyst is always welcome uh, on a team, provides a lot of value. Love that passive, too. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so unique. And when mastered, can help the whole team, but also act as a kind of, solo mobility getaway healing yeah. tool yeah. which is super cool yeah overall i think we're kind of wrapping things up here she's really cool like she's very fun and that's a cool note for i'm saying cool a lot but it is a cool thing for a defensive legend to be fun which is a hard thing to do i think yeah. in terms of game design and i think that's gonna help her stay semi-relevant you know defensive legends generally end up towards the bottom of pick rate but I do wonder if she's kind of one of these legends where will she be able to find a place in competitive play? You know, early on, it's always going to be hard to crack that. But maybe in a year from now, we'll see some catalyst play in the ALGS and such. But I think she's a good legend. You should give a try, especially if you like playing defensively. The flexibility to use some of the, the abilities offensively uh, keeps her entertaining. I, I wasn't expecting to play her. Honestly, I was expecting Henry to be the one that led this mastering segment. But I kind of just like, latched on early and was really enjoying her we talk a lot about and joke a lot about how my best legend ever was when i was playing caustic aggressively and i feel like she's kind of that but ramped up even a little bit more potentially so she's a ton of fun and i think you should definitely give her a try and it doesn't hurt that she is i think the coolest vfx legend in the game in terms of abilities like there is nothing more satisfying than throwing down a dark veil uh it looks just amazing aesthetically yeah it looks good and it's powerful and i think covering your back by having the seer on your team definitely makes it an oppressive ultimate Mm -hmm. not having that leaves you a little bit exposed i just think catalyst is so cool because she has so many things that are borrowed from other legends but she does them better you know like the fact that she can not be damaged by other ferrofluid, by other catalysts Mm -hmm. like caustic, that's great. But it's so much of a bigger deal because people aren't expecting you to come through that wall. Mm -hmm. And she's able to kind of be really offensive where caustic, yeah, he's going to survive in the gas, but you don't get the highlight passive through the gas, you know, in enemy gas. So it's not as strong, I think, as catalyst and 
I just think any legend that all three of their abilities can work together yeah. in a powerful way is really strong. And Catalyst can do that in both mainly defensive, mm-hmm. but also some flex to offense, which makes her super fun and a promising legend. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Gibraltar is super fun, <laughs> but nobody likes him anymore. So uh, who knows what will happen with Catalyst long term. Who knows? That'll be the fun thing. And I'll, I'll throw in real quick off that caustic thought and we'll wrap things up here, but it was a good point. She's going to be interesting because with caustic, it's always the fun conversation of, is it a nerf if they're more popular? Because they counter each other by being able to walk through the traps and the ultimates and that kind of stuff. And so if you're like a catalyst main, you're probably honestly hoping she doesn't wind up being like a top five pick rate legend where you have to then worry about catalyst coming all the time. Something the the diehard caustic say, whenever you nerf caustic, it's a buff for me because that means there's going to be less caustics. So fun conversation to be had there. But overall, fun legend, fun episode. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple. Drop us a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord. Feed the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>